things were already starting to look bad. And then with COVID, that just made things a lot worse. And you have anti-Asian crimes taking place that I don't think people are truly taking into consideration when they're building this mega jail here. And so it just feels like there's constant hurdles that we as, as a community are constantly being dealt with, and it's just not fair. Good morning. This is Epicenter NYC. We connect our communities to news, information, and each other. I'm Andrea Pineda-Salgado. In spring 2017, then-Mayor Bill de Blasio announced that he'd be closing Rikers Island Jail, a deteriorating facility that's overcrowded, understaffed, and plagued by violence. Four new neighborhood facilities will be constructed in its place, in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, and the Bronx. The Manhattan facility is set to be built right in the heart of Chinatown, and it'll be the tallest jail in the world, stretching 40 stories high. They're calling it a mega jail, and construction is expected to last at least until 2027. But Chinatown residents are overwhelmingly opposed to the plan. They're concerned about the facility's impact on the local community, which never fully recovered from the events of 9-11. And now, as they face the twin crisis of the COVID-19 pandemic and anti-Asian hate, folks in Chinatown are afraid that if this project moves forward, their community might never be able to heal. Norina Lee is one of those concerned residents. For more than three decades, her parents have run KK Discount, a small store that sells home goods and Asian decor. It's just a block away from the site where the jail is set to be constructed. Today, a conversation with Norina about the mega jail and what she thinks might happen to Chinatown if no one puts a stop to it. But before we begin, a quick message from our friends and sponsors at McKinsey & Company. Find out about the biggest ideas in business on McKinsey's Insights app, where you can listen to podcasts like our flagship show, The McKinsey Podcast. We're so not tuned in to the dynamic going on for the current employees. What matters to them most? Or watch our author talk series featuring law professor Dorothy A. Brown. 60% of Black college students don't graduate. And when I came across that statistic, I got so depressed and read lots of articles about, for example, The Next Normal, where you can learn about the coronavirus's latest impact on business. To hear, see, and read more, download McKinsey's Insights app now. Now, back to the show. Here's Norena. My name is Norena Lee. Uh, my parents operate KK Discount Store. We've been in business for over 30 years. My parents came in the late 1970s, they worked really long hours to save up enough to have their own business. My brother and I grew up working at the store. So that was literally everything that we did from our after school program to our summer programs. And um, so it's truly a mom and pop shop. We carry a lot of kitchen essentials, houseware essentials. You literally go in thinking that you'll buy one thing, but you end up usually even with bags of goodies, because there's just everything there it can be overwhelming because my dad feels like he needs to carry everything that everyone in the community needs. And how long have you guys been in Chinatown? Over 30 years. I've lived here my entire life. Uh, my parents came here in the late 1970s, and they've been here since. What are your thoughts on the construction of the new mega jail? truly disappointed and furious that that's what they are planning to have in the heart of Chinatown. 
it's literally a block away from where my my daughter plays at the park. Um, it's also around the corner from KK Discount. It's across the street from where we eat. And so to have that in our neighborhood is just uh, infuriating. What will this construction mean for KK Discount? Well, the construction apparently will last through 2027. So that's five years, at least at a minimum. As you know, a lot of the constructions that take place in the city, they don't uh, usually complete on time. So knowing that it's going to be an ongoing construction for a while is concerning, not just because of how it will impact the foot traffic near my parents' store or in Chinatown, but also just acknowledging that there will be uh, noise and air pollution. I mean, we, we, again, play at Columbus Park to run around and just have fun as young, young, young children. And now we have to be concerned about the air that they're breathing in because of just all the health, potential health hazards this construction is going to, to cause. What would that jail mean for Chinatown? I feel like they, it feels like the city does not care about us because otherwise, why would they build a jail uh, literally down the block from a park near daycare center, near establishments that's been here for a long time? No one has asked us for uh, how about how we feel about having that mega jail here. I mean, Chinatown is not known for the world's tallest jail, but now it is because that's what they're planning to do. Do you think it will impact tourism? Like, how do you think Chinatown will look like if this jail were to be constructed? I mean, people are going to be more fearful. And that's just really sad because I feel like with COVID, we took, we're still in the recovery mode and we took a couple steps forward to be back where we are to get back on our feet. But now I feel like with the, with the mega jail, we are taking 10 steps back because why would anyone come down here knowing that there's a giant jail around the corner, you know? So I just feel like it will definitely impact who's going to come down here. It's going to impact the way the fear that people might have about their safety for those that live here and they work here. I mean, we've already seen personally an increase in, in crime because of the amount of homeless shelters here. So Having a mega jail here that's 40 stories high does not make us feel any better. And what other issues are businesses in Chinatown already facing that people don't really think about? I mean, foot traffic in Chinatown has been suffering, um, I would say, for many years, even before COVID. I would say even with 9-11, things were already starting to look bad. And then with COVID, um, that just made things a lot worse. And you have anti-Asian crimes taking place that I don't think people are truly taking that into consideration when they're building this mega jail here. And so it just feels like we there's just constant hurdles that we um, as Chinatown natives and um, as, as a community are constantly being dealt with. And it's just not fair. And what would you like to see be done? First, to just not have mega, the mega jail here in Chinatown. I feel like having that is just telling the community here that we don't matter. You would not put a mega jail next to a residential neighborhood, a, a, a neighborhood that's filled with 
uh, a lot of history, uh, multi-generational families, like we matter. And to have a mega jail here next to where we live tells us otherwise. Yeah. If the construction were to go through, right, um, what can people do to help businesses like yours? That's a tough one because I feel I'm hoping that the jail doesn't go through, first of all. Secondly, I honestly, I, I don't know. Um, and that's the unfortunate part of this. We, th- there's, there really isn't a plan for us. And I, and I don't know how, how it can be helped. Are, are they going to have more um, police presence or street surveillance in, this, in, in the surrounding areas? I mean, my parents are at the shop literally seven days a week, 10 hours a day. Um, how are they going to guarantee our safety? How are they going to guarantee that in 10, 20 years from now, they're not going to have health implications uh, from the construction? I mean, there's just constantly a lot of things that are going through my head about what will potentially happen. And it's just very concerning overall. What do business owners and just people in Chinatown want people who live in other boroughs to know? Like, why should they care about this issue? I think they should care about this issue because. If they're going to choose a community like us that's filled with vibrancy and history, they might be coming after you next and build a jail next to you. Um, so, I mean, that that's just sort of what I'm thinking, um, that it can just happen to anyone, um, unfortunately. And what do businesses in Chinatown um, need right now? Uh, they need they need support. They need people to speak out about this uh, mega jail because if this does come into fruition, it's really the the true downfall of Chinatown. I feel um, it's it's I don't know how we would ever recover from this. Like Norina said, businesses in Chinatown can't bring a stop to the mega jail on their own. They need others to rally alongside them. And thankfully, local organizations like Welcome to Chinatown are more than happy to join the fight. I had the chance to speak with Victoria Lee, the co-founder of Welcome to Chinatown. She explained that having a 40-story jail in one's backyard isn't the only thing residents should take issue with. I'm Vic Lee. I'm the co-founder of Welcome to Chinatown. I'm also the Democratic District Leader for 65D. And Welcome to Chinatown, we're a nonprofit organization focused on the community preservation of Manhattan's Chinatown by uplifting and amplifying our small businesses and its entrepreneurs. We've had about 100 plus volunteers that are mostly millennial, Gen Z, and Asian American. So just right off the bat, how would Chinatown change if this jail were to be constructed? So the the proposed plan will use both Center and Baxter Street, and there were businesses on Baxter Street that have been already asked to, that will not ask, they, they have to close and relocate to new locations. So we're in contact with one of those business owners. I mean, that that's a huge loss right there that for some of our, for our community, their livelihoods are being upended and having to relocate. But this area of, you know, why... Um, I think it's so important to consider in the context of its close proximity to Park Row. Park Row has been shut down for now so many years. And then you're going to have another area within very, very close walking distance that's essentially going to become a large construction zone. We're going to really greatly decrease the quality of life for residents that um, 
I, I can't even imagine, you know, a lot of our residents wanting to stay into this community. We talk with one business owner, she has a young daughter and she can't imagine, you know, what are the risks of raising her, raising her daughter with what's going to happen with the construction. So there's lots of that. And for a, a tourist, I mean, I can, I, you know, a tourist is not going to want to come here in the construction to see a construction site. And we should also not be known for the world's tall, for the world's tallest jail as well. And there is a jail already here. And the jail has been here for, for decades. But to ask, I think, to invest this amount of money into creating and building larger jails is what is really unsettling to me when all the services of over a billion dollars going into furthering mass incarceration versus addressing what the systemic problems are that lead people to be incarcerated. That is what is really not sitting well with our organization. And it is showing the disinvestment of people in our communities. What would the people in Chinatown like to see um, be done? Not, not to have this jail, but I think that the Adams administration has an opportunity to look at what was pushed by the de Blasio administration and listen to the residents and how much we do not want this and to consider, is there a better use of the money that can be invested into our community, invested into broader services in New York City that really tackle the issues such as, I mean, we're in a very, we're in a very, very real mental health crisis right now. How does this really tackle those types of challenges? And I think that that's how a lot of the residents are feeling is that they're really very much left out of any solutions. And do you know why, why Chinatown was chosen? Like why not other parts of Manhattan? Probably, I think it's because of the close proximity to the existing courthouses that are here. Since it helps to cut down on travel time. However, um, you know, would emphasize again, we have the current Manhattan Detention Center that's here. And yeah, why why are jails built in low income communities? I think that's a, another frustrating side of um, how our residents are, are feeling right now. And what kinds of stuff have Welcome to Chinatown done and just um, different people in Chinatown done to stop the construction of the jail? We're really amplifying the efforts of Neighbors United Below Canal. They're an organization that has existed for for years and have they've been the ones to lead the fight against the jail, including they organized a rally a few weeks ago in front of the jail, which I personally was a part of. They also led the lawsuit against the city for misleading information about the health implications of what demolishing Manhattan's detention center and building a new jail would impact. Unfortunately, that lawsuit was overturned, I think in April by um, the appellate court in, in New York state. So, you know, for, for us is like trying to use our, our platform and raise our voices to let people know this is happening and what can they do and to try and share our concerns with elected officials. Victoria already mentioned a number of practical ways you can support Chinatown businesses as they continue to face obstacles from COVID, anti-Asian hate, and now the mega jail. Stop in at local businesses like KK Discount. Say hello, offer a few words of encouragement, and purchase a thing or two if you have the means to do so. You can also push Mayor Eric Adams and his administration to make good on their promise to stop the construction of the jail. He can contact his office via telephone, send an email, or fill out a web form. 
and don't worry if you're not quite sure what to say. Welcome to Chinatown has several different templates you can use. We'll include all of that in our show notes. Finally, before we go, a new weekly segment with our community manager focused on COVID-19 here in New York City. With high vaccination rates and low case counts, more and more New Yorkers seem to be comfortable with flying once again. But before you book an international flight, there are a few things you should know. First, each country has their own COVID requirements for travelers. So ahead of your trip, the best way to find out what information you'll need to provide is to visit the U.S. Department of State website at travel.state.gov. We've linked to it in our show notes. There, you can select the specific country you're visiting to learn more about their current COVID requirements, as well as any travel advisories. Depending on where you're headed, you may need to show proof of a negative COVID test upon arrival. In most cases, you'll need to take this test no more than two days ahead of your flight. You might also be required to show proof of vaccination before you board. Next, according to the CDC, when re-entering the U.S., you'll need to show proof of a negative COVID-19 test or documentation of recovery. This is required for all air passengers who board a flight from a foreign country, even those who are fully vaccinated. The one thing that's not complicated when it comes to air travel is masking. No matter what airline, no matter where you're going, masks are required in all U.S. airports and while flying. This Transportation Security Administration mandate goes until April 18th and may be extended beyond that. I realize traveling can be stressful and these complicated requirements can make it worse. So if you have a question about testing, masking, or vaccines, send me a note at daniel at epicenter-nyc.com. For more ways to get involved in your community, visit us at epicenter-nyc.com. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. And thanks for supporting us as we do our best to support our community. We couldn't do it without you. And if you're not already a member, sign up today by using the link in our show notes. Our intro music is All the Pretty Horses by Karavika. You can find more of their music on our website linked to in our podcast description.